Today we have Jeff Gardner on the podcast. I was down in Mexico a couple weeks ago and met Jeff and just instantly thought he was an awesome person, incredible human, but also very successful. And I fell in love with this story of starting Bucked Up. Him, him and his brother started Bucked Up. They were previously in the online marketing space for 10 or 15 years before starting that and just have had a lot of really cool experiences along the way. Hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, sweet. Jeff, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I just met Jeff a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was down in Mexico trying to find our next company trip, and you guys were down there checking out stuff. That's right, same thing, man. In the same group and started talking to Jeff. I'm like, man, he's so cool. Him and his wife are just amazing people, great humans, and they've been so successful. So instantly I was like, this is a guy we got to have on. When you started talking about surfing, then you had me, and I, I was like... <laughs> Totally into it. So that's it was right. Good. Started geeking out on Waco and, yeah. <laughs> and BSR surfing. So that was awesome. Well, let's just start off your background. Where are you from? Where did you did you go to school locally here? Yeah, I'm from Clearfield, Utah. Um, I'm one of eight children. Um, it's up by Layton and Ogden, yeah. Utah. And uh, we were farmers. You know, we grew up on a farm, and my dad was one of the biggest farmers in Utah. So hay, cattle, what? Every animal you could have. Really? We had 50 chickens. We were getting really? 40 eggs a day, you know, uh, everything. My dad was known as the meanest dad in Clearfield. Wow. He that would uh, tough love. Uh, oh, yeah. He was old school farmer, and he'd even spank the neighbor kids. And no way. Nobody dare say anything to him. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that today? Oh, yeah, dude. This I got spanked by my grandpa. I got spanked by my dad. I got spanked all the time. But, yeah, it's funny. Girls, boys, what's the mix for the eight? So there's uh, five boys and three girls, okay. and I'm a twin. And me and my twin brother are the uh, owners and founders of Bucked Up. Sweet. Yeah. So, like, how how's that farming experience impacted your work life? You know, they it teaches you how to work hard. Um, we we learned how to work and work, and my dad would attribute everything to hard work. You know, and he. Yeah. He says, I raised my boys. I'm not raising any worthless kids. And yeah. and uh, he really taught us how to work hard. And I think that really is what separates us, you know. Uh, we worked a lot harder than most people. We're, we're used to it. We don't complain. And yeah. it, it's helped us a lot. And I think, and I could be off, and every, every situation is different, but I used to haul hay just right here in American Fork and did some little bit of farm work. But Looking back at a lot of those people, I think it's like 90% good, like the hard work thing. But I think sometimes there's something to be said about working smarter too. Well, we realized what we didn't want to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> so and, right? we grew up and we're like, man, I don't know if I want to be a farmer all my life. So uh, 100%. when we were about 19, we went on our missions for the, the Mormon church. And, yeah. and, you know, we came back and we were like, I don't know if we want to be farmers. Jump but back into that. Yeah, no way. And uh, I want to work smart, not hard. Yeah. And uh, my parents actually ended up owning some jewelry stores in the malls in Utah. Okay. So I've pierced more belly buttons in Utah County <laughs> than anybody else. All the BYU girls would come in at the oh, time. Really? Oh, it was a tough job. Somebody had to do it. Yeah, tough job. <laughs> so you had like the producing, date producing setup, right? And, and that's where I actually met my wife. No <laughs> way. That's sick. You know, she, she had to go out with me or she was fired, but no. <laughs> She 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 wanted to she climb the corporate there. ladder. Yeah. Really? <laughs> so Wow. That's rad. So you came home for your mission, started doing some of the jewelry stuff. Yeah. And, and then Ryan went to work with one of his missionary buddies on a sales floor. Okay. All the 
real estate and internet coaching sales floors here, like Prosper and, and yeah. other things. They started at, at PMI. It was called back there. Do you know Josh Lindsay? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He was yeah, on the podcast yesterday. Oh, was he really? I didn't know about his coaching background. Like, he was right there. Yeah. And I, I so I worked at Prosper as a setter, just doing like that was thriving during that time, right? That's Dude, a big deal. I was running like 10 stores for my parents, uh, eight stores for my parents, and I was making $10 an hour. Jewelry stores. Yeah. I was making 1600 bucks a month working for them, running their stores. Uh, and they had them all in the malls in Utah yeah. uh, where you'd pierce ears and different things. But yeah, Ryan calls me one day because he went to to work on one of these floors with his companion and said, hey, Jeff, how much did you make last week? And I said, I don't know. I, I make 1600 for the month. He goes, well, I did that in one week Wow, working on the sales floor. He made, he made like $2,200. I said, where do I sign up? And so I moved down to Utah County. Okay. And we started working on a sales floor. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was setting. um, But I really was good at both. So I set and closed. um, And uh, I I would never, I I believed in in working smart and getting two avenues of of ways to make money. So I didn't just set or I didn't just close. I did both. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating, like everything you're talking about, because I remember like, right, so I served a mission too, and my dad, he made me go get a physical labor job mm-hmm. just because I think you want to scare me into school, right? <laughs> but it was concrete, and I was yeah. like up before anybody in the house. I was home after concrete? everybody. Yeah, just doing oh. concrete. And very quickly, I'm like, I'm not doing that, right? Yep. So when I got home, I'm like, it's it's got to be sales. Yeah. And then I hear about some prosper job, call center, kids making 20 plus an hour. I'm like... Let's do that. Man, we were, you know, 23, 24 years old. You know, we're quite a bit older than you, but it was like back then when we make 100 grand on, on the sales floor, that was like making sure. like 300 grand. Totally. Uh, we were living large. Yeah, we were on. living large. You know, the standard of living back then was not. <laughs> I bought my first house in Pleasant Grove for 120 grand. Um, that's fixed so it nice. up, things like, like that. That's your year of income. Oh, yeah. That, and that's your house. Yeah. So, so we were living pretty good and I never, we, you know, what my father also taught us is never go in debt. So we never had bills. We had everything paid for. The only thing we had a a payment on was our home. Hmm. Um, But he also told us not to use credit cards, but when you're on the sales floor, you teach people how to start businesses, how to do stuff with leverage. Right. So we learned a lot from the sales floor. We were, we were good. And then my, my brother, Ryan, he always likes to do things first. Uh, he's a little more aggressive. But he, he was, we were both like, hey, the, the guy who's making the money is the guy who's providing leads for the sales floor. Okay. And at the time, we had bought, um, I, I had my car dealer's license. I would buy cars at a wrecked auction. Okay. And I would send them to this school uh, where they would train on the cars and fix them all up, do all the auto body and everything else. And then I'd flip it and sell it. So they would charge less or something because it was part of the school process? They would charge you nothing. You just had nothing. to pay for parts. Dang. So no labor, nothing. Dang. And it was a little slower process. It would take like two, three months to get your car back. Okay. And then I just went full on into the dealership and found somebody who had a license and we went in together. Okay. So I've, I've never even had a car payment till like two years ago. Wow. I would just buy a car and turn around and sell it so, because yeah. cars depreciate in value. For sure. 
And so every like three or four months, I would flip a car and go get another one. And I just worked my way up until I had, you know, two, 300 grand in, in cars. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, don't you think that's a great experience just to learn about communication and people and sales? It is. And, you know, a lot of people get in trouble financially with cars because yeah. they depreciate, right? Yeah. The moment you drive one right off the lot, it depreciates. So, you know, I was always about making money every car I sold or even breaking even. If I could drive a car for six, nine months yeah. and, and break even on it, it was a success because I didn't, I get all that money back. Totally. I used to do something similar in college is with snowmobiles and dirt bikes. So I'd look for certain brands and uh, this is so funny. I used to buy them on KSL because it makes it so easy to buy and sell here, but other mm. markets don't have that. Right. So I'd look for the exact year making model snowmobile or dirt bike, buy it on KSL, sell it on Craigslist. Yeah. And people would drive from Montana, Oregon, like everywhere to buy these. And it was just like, awesome. that was my money to cover that same things. Those depreciate, right? Yeah. And I'd do the same thing with cars, but I wouldn't flip cars as much as I'd flip those. But it just, it, like you said, it you realize it's not a good investment. It's something that costs money. So if you can figure out a way to pay for itself, then you it's a lot easier to justify. Yeah. And I just worked my way up until I had nice nicer cars. Yeah. And we had like Nissan GTRs and, and stuff. When we, That's cool. Uh, so Ryan went down to St. George and figured out how to do leads with a, with a guy and Shortly after, uh, he said, "Jeff, do you want to do you want to start a lead generating company with me?" Okay. And we said, "I said, yeah, absolutely. I don't want to be on the phones forever, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, let's start it." And he came back, and we started. And shortly, probably, we were paying a hundred dollars a month in rent to to be above the Harley Davidson building on Eighth North. The, the new one in Linden? Not oh, the, the new one. one. It oh, was an old, the old one. one. Yeah. And we were paying like $100 in a room wow. no bigger than this. And we had just me and Ryan. And then we, we ended up hiring a programmer. Okay. But about um, four or five months later, Prosper hits us up. And I happen to know Ethan and Randy from uh, Randy Garn from, from church. And he's like, hey, you need to come in and talk to us. And they talked to us and said, hey, if you come in and do leads for us, We'll take all of your overhead, anything else, because we actually leveraged it on a credit card. We learned from the sales floor and and got our office equipment and everything wow. and put it on a credit card. Because they had some 0% stuff back in the oh, day, yeah. intros, yeah. whatever. And so we just kind of played that game, but we could generate leads. We were doing like weight loss patches. Okay. And we could produce, you know, a couple thousand a month, and we'd make like 3 or $4 a lead. Hmm. Um, so it was pretty, it was pretty good. And, and we started producing for sales floors, but then Ethan says, come in and do it just for us and nobody else. And you can still do your side stuff, um, that doesn't relate to business opportunity. Okay. So it wasn't exclusive. Yeah. So we, we could still do our stuff on the side. Yeah. So we, we produced leads. I remember they were doing about 120 grand, uh, a week in sales on their floor. About six months later, we were doing almost a million dollars in sales wow. on our leads. Wow. Uh, it, in one week. Wow. We do a million dollars in sales. That's insane. We were one of the first sales floors to do that because we had leads. So Ryan and I have always been good at like driving traffic and knowing how to get traffic to websites and things like that. So that kind of kicked it off. That's the company that you've had for like 20 years. Is that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And that's affiliate marketing, lead gen, website building. That's all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we were just the middle guys. We weren't the smartest guys. Connecting. We were just connecting people. Yeah. We were just like networkers, right? We, we knew who could get traffic and we knew who wanted it. People would always hit us up and say, can you drive traffic to this, you know, uh, teeth whitener or, you know, something? And we'd be like, yeah, absolutely. And we would get people to drive traffic to it and just take a little rip every time. Sure. So... Basically, it's because Ryan went down to St. George and tested it out, and he saw an opportunity. He's like, let's go for it. Yeah. And then lots of doors started to open up from yeah, there. Yeah, and, and then we, we started off just from that, and then okay. Prosper came into play. And then our side business started taking off as well. Which was um, what? Just doing weight loss and different leads uh, with... Um, a lot of supplement stuff? Yeah, supplements, like you know all the weight loss products and yeah. the... Uh, Garcinia and different things, but we had eBay, how to make money with eBay, okay. kind of like what, what you were talking about with Craigslist, yeah. where people could could buy it cheap and then list it on eBay and make money. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of different programs that we push, but when my little brother got home from his mission, we took it off big, and so we kind of separated from Prosper and did our own thing. When was that? What year? 2005 or 2006. Okay. Yep. And then when did Bucked Up start? Like 2014 or yeah? So there? you know we were we were doing our um, affiliate thing and and different things. And then in about 2010, a guy came to us because my dad was taking this product called L Arginine. It was called L Arginine Plus, and it helps people lower their blood pressure. Okay. And there was a big MLM here in Utah County called Synergy, and they were selling this product, and it was like. $89, right? Because they had to pay all their downline. And this guy came and he had it for $39. Okay. And my dad's like, hey, you should talk to my boys because they know how to, you know, really sell it, online, sell it yeah. and everything. And so we did a deal with him. And, uh, you know, we looked at how he was doing stuff and we're like, this this guy doesn't know what he's doing really. He, and he's just making money. Uh, he was making about $700 a day with it. And we said, let's do a deal. And we partnered up 50-50. And, we, and within about three weeks, we had a new website and drove traffic to the website. And we were doing about 2700 to three grand a day within three, four weeks. Wow. So then at the time, Google was kind of going after domain names that matched. So we call it exact match domain names. And we saw this guy. He had the domain name called larginine.com. Okay. We're like, man, we need to call this guy and see if we can get it from him. And he he was in the UK, and he says, if you give me $25,000, I'll sell this domain name to you because it's ranking number one. But he wasn't selling anything on it. It was just information, which is why he was probably ranking. So we said, hey, let's let's take the chance and go for this because we're already making money with the company. Let's just like take some of that money and invest it into this domain name. And shortly after, Google actually took down all of the pay-per-click listings. Okay. And nobody could do pay-per-click anymore. But guess who was ranking number one for LRG9 with our products? It was, we were doing three to $4 million a year just on that one product. No way. Yeah. Wow. So it was awesome. And we're like, man, these domain names. everything to you guys. Oh, yeah. Because it it, it was just, you know, we've been... Lucky or blessed in a lot of areas, uh, obviously. Even with lead gen, we were a, a few years ahead of everybody else. Mm. Um, but also, like, L. Arginine, it was, 
it was a blessing to get it. And then all of a sudden every, everybody else couldn't advertise for it. Sure. So yeah. So, That's so incredible. that one, that one was a home run and we were like, right. man, this is good stuff on one product. So we saw this other domain name. It was, um, in sports illustrated and it, it was an article about deer antler spray. And we're like, what's deer antler spray? Uh, and how do you use it? And it's actually something that you spray under your tongue. And it's like a one time spray or what? No, you just take it a couple times a day and it helps you recover really, really quick. It's kind of like um, when deer, they grow antlers every year and they fall off. Well, when they start growing the next year, they have this velvet on them and it stimulates growth and it can actually grow about an inch a day. And it just helps. It's it's, uh, IGF-1 hormone. Okay. That's kicking out to tell it to grow and recover and, and everything. And that's what it does in people's bodies. But in this article in Sports Illustrated, they said, hey, you know, you can't test for it. Um, so they've banned it in all professional and NCAA sports. Nobody could take, you know, none of the professionals could take it. And we're like, man, let's, I wonder if this is available. And we go to GoDaddy. And the domain name is six dollars and ninety nine cents, and we're like, buy this, hurry! Bye, bye, we we bye, gotta hurry. buy this. This is sure. this is gonna be another L arginine on our hands, right? Yeah. So we we bought the domain name deerantlerspray.com. and and my brother Ryan called it down, and we found a source for it in Florida. They made us three thousand bottles. We made a nice looking website, put it up, and we're like, okay, let's go. And guess what? Nobody reads the articles in Sports Illustrated. <laughs> Nobody That's was looking it? for it. For real. I, I think they just get it for the swimsuit issue, you know? That's wow. about it. But they, nobody was really looking for it, and we were only making like five, six, maybe ten cells a day. And we were like, I hope we just get rid of this. This is like a dead horse. I hope we, we sell it all before it expires, right? Yeah. So about five, six months later, it's Super Bowl Media Week. And a reporter is asking Ray Lewis how he recovered from his tricep tear in three weeks. And all of a sudden, a guy from the side holds up the mic and says, I have receipts right here that shows that you bought deer antler spray. No way. And we didn't know this was even happening. We just saw 100 cells to our website. Just coming in. And we're like, is this fake stuff? What what are we getting all these cells from? And somebody told us, turn on the TV right now. You got to see it. And sure enough, he every five minutes on ESPN, Ray Lewis is like, no, I didn't take it. I bought it, but I didn't take it. And you can't test for it, so we know he took it, right? So, but but Because uh, you have to test before and after to be able to realize that, right? Yeah. You can't just go test after. Yeah, it's like everybody's me. testosterone levels are a little different. Yeah. Um, it's just like so that. There's no way to say what You would it have was. to test them before and after, which is why they just this blanket it and say, Hey, this is banned. Yeah. Uh, we don't okay. know what your levels are. And it's an unfair advantage if you can recover faster than other athletes, you know? Um, but, but, but Hey, everybody isn't a pro athlete or an sure. NCAA player. Sure. Right. Yeah. So that, that, that's about 99.9% of us that, that aren't. And so every five minutes they would announce deer antler spray and guess who owned deer antler spray.com. And so we were paying like $5 or so for this bottle of liquid that you spray under your tongue. Okay. And we said, we're going to sell out. We got to mark it up. So we took it from $39.95 to $59.95. Didn't slow. 
We took it to seventy nine ninety five. Didn't stop. And we, at the end of the day, we were at ninety nine dollars a bottle, and we sold every bottle, three thousand oh bottles in gosh. one day. Oh my gosh! So crazy. yeah, it was a, again. It was about being in the right spot at the right time. Yeah. And uh, no, it 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 was an awesome day. And uh, about three days later, GNC hits us up and says, "We will bypass all red tape. We are getting requests for." deer antler spray and you guys have the same colors as us we love your branding we like your website we will bypass all red tape that normally takes eight months if you can get us thirty thousand bottles in three weeks what were you doing at the time how many oh we had only bought three thousand bottles and oh, just not three thousand and was hoping to sell it all right okay. so, <laughs> so you just had that original three thousand. Oh yeah and we sold it in that one day, and and they called us three days later and 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 said that, and we call up our manufacturer, and he's like, "I thought I'd be hearing from you guys, <laughs> you know, like," uh, and we're like, "Can you get us thirty thousand? He's like, "For you guys, I'll do it. I, I I'll call, make some calls, and make it happen." And so shortly after, we were in GNC selling wow. thousands of bottles. Wow. What year was this? This was in two thousand um, thirty, the end of two thousand thirteen into 2014. Okay. Um, and then about 2016 is when we decided, Hey, we need to come out with more lines of products for G like with GNC. the same ingredients type of thing, play and, off of and, it. And we're like, what's, what's popular and pre-workout was pre coming on strong. I had never taken it before. Yeah. I'd never even taken a pre-workout. I still never have. I didn't realize how much I was missing out. You're going to have to try some. <laughs> so, but I didn't realize how, how good it was or anything. Um, I had tried some Cellucor M5 before and I had to plug my nose and I didn't like how it, how it felt like it was itchy and, 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 I was like, I'm freaking out on this stuff. Um, but we we decided pre-workout was the end thing is coming on strong. And so we stuck with the deer theme. Yeah. And and we we kind of pulled some people online. They're like, hey, call it like bucked up, you know? And we we keep deer wow. antler velvet that in came every from a pull then. That's right. We asked, really? we asked, like, hey, what should we call this pre-workout? And and we wanted to kind of stick in the deer theme because because yeah. we were popular with deer antler uh, spray, but yeah, we stuck with the deer theme and called it bucked up, and it just took off. Like we're like, hey, that's a that is a catchy, catchy name for sure, because it sounds like something else. You know, yeah. It, and my dad, <laughs> <laughs> being from a, a farm farmer in Utah, he yeah. wasn't too happy about the name. He's like, "What are you calling it? That's too close to the F word." You yeah, know? for sure. So, but that's what we thought but was that catchy. Creates buzz and it's yeah. catchy. And so, from a pole, yeah, because deer antler spray. At least what I picture is like camo hunting, like more yeah. hardcore. But bucked up probably opens up the aperture a lot. I'm sure. Yeah, and and you know it was kind of like. I think a song came out, get bucked in here. And, you know, okay. like everybody's like buck, bucked up was kind of, uh, you know, getting bucked up and stuff. Yeah. Right place, right time again with yeah. the name and everything. It was just good timing. Like like I said, like a lot of things, we got very fortunate. Um, but we were, you know, we were working really hard. Totally. Um, even with our, our bucked up supplement, we'd go to other companies and see. And we were like, I, I already know why. Um, we are working way harder than you. We would go in and there, there, nobody would be in their office. Um, but, you know, we, we worked really hard um, yeah. to get it off the ground. We didn't go into any debt. Um, so it was, it was a good uh, – and we, we took like a 1,000 bottles. We had a 1,000 bottles of Bucked Up produced, and we took it to a, an L.A. Fit Expo. Yeah. 
And we would let people sample it, but we wouldn't give it away. And all the other booths were like throwing their Just product out. Away. Yeah. You know, people were like, why aren't you like giving it? And we're like, well, we're from Utah, we're Fugle. No, <laughs> but <laughs> but they were like, it must be pretty good if they're not if willing to give it away. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and nobody else was doing dispensers at the time, but we let them taste it. And at the time, like I said, all other pre-workouts tasted terrible. Now the game has changed a lot. Yeah. And then the other thing we had is we didn't we had a proprietary blend. We didn't have a proprietary blend. Everybody else would hide like how much of what they put in. And mm. we just listed the ingredients, yeah. told them how much was in it. And you know, Californians, they're pretty healthy people. They wanted to see what ingredient at what dose we put in. And we stuck with clinically uh, studied amounts uh, that we put in the pre-workout. Yeah. And that's why it works so good, right? But we also priced it high because we knew from our lead generation days that we would want to pay ambassadors or affiliates to promote it. And we knew what it had to fit in to still work for us and also still work for GNC and everybody else. So uh, we're a premium product. We, we aren't the cheapest, but we put the full doses in so it works so much better than any other one. I remember giving it to this guy when we first launched. Um, I gave it to a guy. He worked for Badass Nutrition Company. It used to be a company here in Utah. Okay. He's like, I've tried like 15 of these pre-workouts. L- let me try it. He literally took it from my office, went to Vasa. He drove back and was like, dude, you have the best tasting, best working pre-workout really? I have ever done. If you wow. guys know how to market this, you're going to have a home run. Wow. Marketing was our, our forte. So yeah, we're like, that was your engine the yeah, last 10 years, right? Exactly. So I'm curious, that first year, like first full 12 months, what did you do on revenue on that product? So on, on Bucked Up, yeah. we did um, about $500,000. Okay. Yeah. And then how did it keep growing over So time? the next year... We did 1.5. Uh, so in 2017, we did 1.5. In in uh, 2018, we did over 5 million. Wow. Uh, in 2019, we did um, 24 million. Um, Crazy. Yeah, and just it, it just kept growing. Growth. Uh, because of COVID in 2020, we took a little dip, and then it bounced right back up, and we did about 40 million that year. Did it be, so it bounced up higher because a lot yeah. of COVID trends, it went down, but then it went higher than where it was. Yeah, online, people switched from, and, and we knew we had a transition too because GNC shut down a lot of their stores. Yeah. We weren't solely just GNC. We were going to all the mom and pop shops and they started to carry us and it was starting to be their number one seller there too. But in GNC, we were the number one selling store and they shut down seven, 800 stores. So we quickly transitioned to do a lot more online marketing. Sure. And it just blew up. Um, we would offer a shaker bottle with, you know, three That's stick cool. packs and yeah. people would be able to try it. And it tastes so good that people, about 50% would come back and buy it. Wow. Is that high for that industry? Super high, yeah. Okay. What percentage is coming from online right now? I'm just curious, versus in-store versus online. So we do roughly a couple million a month on uh, on online sales now. We're pretty, we got pretty popular um, and we're doing a lot of marketing. Yeah. So we, we do, um, last year we did over $20 million online. Wow. 
with our mom and pop shops, we did over 20 million as well. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. So it's a good balance because we're not all stuck into just one avenue. Yeah. You know? And so the different avenues would be, you know, boots on the ground in stores, right? Yep. Online. But then you said um, brand ambassadors, micro influencers. Is that considered a third or is that just helping the online? Yeah, that's helping the online. But but we started off slowly with ambassadors and, and that's probably what separated us in the beginning. We helped them grow their Instagram accounts and, and help them really take off. We paid this girl like 600 bucks. She's smoking hot. She had 600,000 followers. We paid her like 600 bucks to do one post for us. She got us five sales. And we're like, man, this, like this girl didn't even, influencer didn't do <laughs> she didn't even pay yeah. for the product. We, we lost money on all this. And then there was this girl in town and she goes, I have like 5,000 followers. Let me post it. You don't have to pay me anything. So local. She was local in yeah. American Fork. And she says, let me post it. She had 5,000 followers. She got us 18 sales. Of people like using, grassroots. yeah, and yeah. and you know it clicked for me and Ryan. It was just like we got to go the micro go. influencer sure. route. Let's stop trying to build our own page. Of course, we're going to say we are the best tasting, best working, right? Yeah. But if they can hear from micro influencers and help them grow their Instagram accounts, we can do that. We were helping five hundred ambassadors at one time grow their Instagram accounts. Wow. What were you doing to help them grow their? In so account. there's these there was these little tools online that, that could help people grow Instagram and it go out and follow and come back and and people would would you know see that they existed and they were fitness related so they said hey yeah I'll follow them back and and that's how it worked okay so at the time that was pretty popular but we were growing 500 people at one time yeah that's a huge thing to manage and and yeah I was it, it was oh, good but we had some little setup and everything okay. yeah it was good and we had uh you know girls could get way more followers oh, than guys sure. we were getting <laughs> like sure. an average person would get like three to five thousand followers a month okay girls they'd show a little bit of booty and they would get like ten thousand <laughs> you know a month but we oh, were getting man you know, 1.5 million eyeballs on our brand every month because of those people. Sure. And so they really are the key, you know, to getting us branded yeah. and out there. Yeah. All these micro influencers were a, a terrific uh, part of our success. And, you know, other, other companies would make fun of us because we would take anybody. We wouldn't just take the guy that looked like the bodybuilder or the girl that looked like she was competing. We took anybody along any fitness journey that they were on. Okay. Let's say they wanted to lose weight or they just wanted to go get into the gym and things like that. They were making fun of us. You know, other people were like, you guys take everybody. And we're like, yeah, we're normal people trying to get fit, right? Um, they look at us and look at me and my brother and we're like, hey, we split an egg. We, we're, you know, we should be <laughs> double the size, right? So, but, but it's like, yeah, everybody... We did things differently than yeah. everybody else. And that's probably what set us apart. But you were just creating your own path. You weren't replicating anything, it sounds like. And people would always ask us that. They're like, who's your competition? And we're like, we, we don't have time to pay attention to our competition. Yeah. We're trying to innovate, be our own, and figure out what really works. And we, since we came from that performance background, we would put our efforts into things that would give us results. And, and so we saw that these micro-influencers... Were, were huge. And, and we, we just let out with that. And people were like, 
at expos, they come up and say, where did you guys come from? I see you everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, you just came on the scene fast. And, and, and we just came on and hit it hard. And, and fortunately, because now Instagram's locked down algorithms and everything else, you can't do it. Yeah, it's, it's hard to cheat the system. So it was, you know, it, and in life, it's about being in the right spot at the right time. Sure. And preparing yourself to, yeah. you know, know how to make something happen when it arrives. I just keep thinking about the quote, as you've been talking, the harder I work, the luckier I get. It's a 100% you, you true. You worked yeah. so hard for so long, and then when those opportunities came, you guys were ready, and you had the engine built out for it. Yeah, and and we always want to be ahead. You know, with lead generation, when we work for Prosper, nobody else was producing online leads. It was just us. We were producing them, and um, it was they caught up, but we also the same with, with pre-workout, working with micro-influencers. People realized after it was too late, you know, yeah. and, and so we've been always in the – like the right spot at the right time. Yeah. And been been very blessed to, to make it happen, you know, and, and things. The other thing I think about as you've been talking is I look at other industries and and try to think of brands that have done what you guys did. Like I think Traeger has done a good job with micro-influencers. Yeah. Just like they came in the space grassroots style and people just started adopting that product and they kind of took over. Oh, yeah, the whole barbecue and scene. Yeah. Man, they, they've done a, a great job doing that. So did you guys ever look at them at the same time or was there other brands and other industries that you were modeling after or were you guys just trailblazing? I, I hate to say that we didn't, um, but we didn't pay attention to anybody or anything. We just saw that it started taking off and Ryan's like, hey, let me focus on Bucked Up. You focus on the social side of it and let's just go hard and focus because we were doing you know, anybody who came to us with a product, we were helping them build their companies. Yeah. But we're like, let's build our own this time. Don't worry about getting paid by these people sure. and things like that. Sure. Who knows how they spend their money? Yeah. We got stiffed a lot. Like we lost in one year, we lost uh, about 2.7 million once on a, on a guy. Dang. But, you know, it, it really comes down to your name. And so we paid all the people that we owed, um, but we stuck it out. And and just kind of revamped a little bit, but then we said let's let's build our own companies, and so we stuck with with that, and we focused. And I think focus on anything in life is is a big key. Totally. And now, as I understand it, like between you and your brother, what's the different roles? So he he's over product and development. He's the CEO. Yeah. He does products development. He deals with for all just the, bucked up for just bucked up. Yeah. Okay. And he and and we both do that now. Just yeah, solely, just bucked solely bucked up. Um, we're twins, so we help each other out. What's great about having a twin is we think like, if he's gone, I can ha handle it. If I'm gone, he handles it. That's nice. And it's nice to have somebody. Imagine oh, having two of you. I was just thinking that <laughs> if I had a twin, holy cow! Yeah, you That'd think the awesome. same. You, and it's funny how much alike we are, but then also how how different we are. But, um, yeah, I I we trust each other fully to make decisions cool. for the company and. And it's always it's always paid off. I want to actually talk about something I, I didn't think of previously, but I think it's an awesome topic. That when I started my first company, I did it with my best friend and one other guy. Mm -hmm. And the advice I got is like, don't work with friends or family. And I took that serious. And so I went around and interviewed other entrepreneurs and CEOs. And the advice that they gave me is just as long as you can treat them like you treat any other employee, like you don't give them any extra slacks or mm. your buddy, whatever, it'll be fine. And and it was great. And I would totally do it again. Uh -huh. Now I work <laughs> with my brother-in-law and it's been great too. 
But I, even I, the in-laws. Even the in-laws. <laughs> you must be just the and overall nice guy. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like I play hard. I want to play to win. And, yeah. and I have a very competitive, driven side. And But I try and treat it very professional. Yeah. And so, like, what advice do you have for maybe somebody listening to this that wants to start a business with their best friend or their brother or whoever? What have you learned working with your twin? See, being a twin, we are, like you, very, very competitive. We, you know, growing up in basketball, I don't think we ever even lost a game because we would just play each other all day long, and we just picked up little skills along the way that sure and, and, and developed those skills, even the basics. That's, it's just like golf. When you're, when you're playing golf, if you learn those basic things, you'll be a lot better than somebody who's just going out and trying to hit it and see how it goes. Yeah. But being a twin was very, we were very competitive. I mean, I'm not going to lie in our office. We've had breakout flat fist fights and people breaking it up and they're like, <laughs> really? holy cow, is this everything okay? And because we're twins, we just go back yeah, to that's work. That's just how you solved that's it. That's just how we solved yeah. it. Um, with people who aren't family, that's when, you know, we would go on our missions even, you'd have a companion and, you know, you get in a little argument in the morning, he was still mad at you at night. We're like, wait, are you still mad at me? Like, what, what's going on? Like, we, wow, we'd move on. so interesting. So with, with a twin, you could just fight it out, get it over with, and, and yeah, yeah. We've, we've had a few uh, fights that we're not too proud of in the office, <laughs> scared a few people, but, you know. That's amazing. We, we are passionate people. We're, yeah. we're passionate about being being number one. We want to be the best. Um, yeah. We want to work hard. We, we put in full effort uh, to trying to make sure that happens, you know. It sounds like, though, that working with a brother, like a quick memory might help or moving on. Yeah. And I've even seen that with buddies that whether you're at their house or they could be doing business together, they'll get in a more escalated fight than I think what's normal. And at first you're like, whoa, is this yeah. like going to end their relationship? Yeah. But then they also repair it so much quicker on the other side that it's it's shocking. Life's too short, man. Yeah. If you have any grudges or, or anything like that, it, it just takes up your energy. And yeah. and we are all about positive energy and That's and cool. it kind of comes back to you, you know? And, yeah. and so you just try to stay positive and move on and, and don't hold grudges because that's, yeah. that's just going to drive you guys apart, you know? For sure. So anytime, I mean, any entrepreneur is going to go through the topic of balance. You work so hard for so long to like get the company to a decent spot, and I know you guys play hard too. So, sometimes Ryan thinks I play a little too hard. <laughs> <laughs> we, sometimes maybe we have a little different philosophy that way, but okay. I, I like to like even on my um, my profile and Instagram is like uh, work hard, um, uh, play harder, you know. Cool. And and I like to think that you know. Um, you never know what's going to happen, so just enjoy life. Enjoy it, yeah. Um, but I would guess that you probably played less in the beginning. Absolutely. And you probably put in the time, right? You know, and when I would want to go on vacation, I was like, hey, we just got to get it hard right now. But that's where we come. Um, we, twins, we kind of balance each other yeah. out. Yeah, we're thinking differently. and We're also a Libra. Uh, we're born in October, and, and that is a scale, and it – uh, you know, the sign is a scale. It's kind of like keep things in balance. Yeah. And Ryan and I are kind of like the yin and yang of each other. And and so he would help me keep balanced and, and uh, I would do the same. So, you know, I believe you still have to be balanced in all things if, if you're going to have an overall success story kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
mentally. Uh, every year, I would write down my goal. Um, maybe business I, goal or what? Yeah, goal? so I would write down a dollar figure of what I wanted to make in one year. Okay. And then I would write down mental goals, physical goals, and spiritual goals. Um, every year I would write that and I'd put it in my bathroom on my mirror. So your wife saw it and... I, may, I would make her do it too. You cool. know, like, yeah. what do you, what do we want? Because we would do things together. Sure. Like, what do we want? We want a new home. We want new cars. We What do we want? And we're going to go after those. And then when we get in arguments, we say, is that that money, is that going towards one of those goals? And if it did, we'd never have an argument because we knew that's what we wanted together. Totally. And we always, you know, I, I don't know if you're, you or your guys keep your money separate from your wife, but we never did. We just, yeah, you know, having a budget was probably the best thing for me and my wife that that helped our relationship because, you know, I'm, I'm all about saving and, and she was too, but it wasn't maybe to the scale that I wanted. Yeah. Um, cause I had, I'm sure that's, that's a common dreams. theme. It's a con- <laughs> Dude. And some guy mentions, well, why don't you have a budget? And I'm like, how am I so dumb? Like I should have done this a long time ago. Yeah. And, uh, at first it felt unfair, but overall my wife, she became happier. She didn't think she had her dad trying to tell her what to spend money on and things like that. Yeah. But we, that's why those goals are important. And then we put kind of a budget to them. Sure. And Every year, what's funny is when you project that, it's funny that you can just somehow achieve it. 100%. And I was making, I'm not, you know, I was making big goals. Yeah. You know, I want to make 300 grand this year. I want to make 500 grand this year. Yeah. Um, I want to make a million dollars this year. And it seemed like every time we would set those goals, we would achieve them. Yeah. And then we would write down what that would get, what, what, what we'd do with that money. And we were always savers. We'd never buy something that we couldn't afford. Um, like I said, I never went into debt. And one, you know, one one goal was to pay off my house. And so we we've had our homes paid off, me and my brother, for 15, 20 years. Did you do that before you started doing investments? Yeah, we still did investments, but you know, with lead generation and other things, our businesses were doing pretty good. But we were never one of those guys that when they started making money, they went out and partied or yeah. got sidetracked with, yeah. you know, the success of that. Um, we just, you know, my dad would have killed us if we if we did anything dumb. So we always had that in the That's back of our ingrained. mind, I think. Yeah. It's ingrained in us, yeah. you know. Yeah. So we we would just always pay off our stuff and work our way up. So we would buy and sell our houses and, and work our way up to get it's a nicer like car home. thing. Yeah, just like the cars. Yeah. I In my first 10 years, I had 10 homes. Wow. That I had bought, and then I And you were living in so all that, 10? Yeah. We moved 10 times. Wow. We never did anything crazy. But you like, just would roll the equity into the next one and right. the next one, and you're slowly, yeah, just like the car, getting the nicer car that's paid for. And I, when I bought the house that I lived in now, it was like 840000 and it was a nice home. Um. And what year is that? It was in 2013. Dang. Yeah. So you bought low. Yeah. No, at the time. Um, oh no, this was no, excuse me. This was in 2009 when they the I didn't buy going on the way up yeah. or the way down. I bought at the very peak before you the did? housing crash. In, in 09? Oh yeah. That's when we bought it. Yes, 2009. Okay. And 
And I paid 840 grand. The next, like six months later, the house next to me that was a little bigger, it was 10,000 yeah. square feet, sold for 599,000. Wow. And I'm like, well, I'm in this for the long haul. Long haul, it always works out, right? But also all those homes I had bought and sold along the way, I had put 500 grand down on my house. So I only owed like 300, hundred, yeah. 340 grand or so. Um, so, you know, it, it says something. Financial people would tell you, never pay off your house. Because you can make Yeah, just put it in the market or, or put it into an investment and have it. But yeah. I am telling you what, yeah. it may not be the smartest but it was definitely the most, you know, satisfying and also just peace that you get from just having it paid for. You know, I, and I always like, you don't really own your house because you got property tax. Yeah. But hey, having just property tax, that's that's not that's not too hard to to make to cover that. To cover that for cover sure. that. But we we've had our homes paid off for a long time. That's cool. And it's just been a a piece and and also we've never even had car loans till like two years ago we got a lease because our account was telling us to get it because it's taxes you'd pay it anyway yeah, but yeah um that's the first time we've ever had a car payment that's so cool to hear you talk about that because josh Lindsay was on the podcast yesterday and mm -hmm. that was his big thing is just get debt free just pay off everything the peace of mind your relationship everything and just, it there's just no opens, risk it opens up so many avenues too of things that come to you and one of our philosophies is um, when people are running, you walk. And when people walk, that's when you run. Mm. So if you look at this real estate market recently, yeah. everybody's running For and sure. it's going crazy, buying homes, doing all this stuff. Did we buy any real estate during this time? We probably should have, <laughs> but we didn't. We, yeah. we bought a few little things, but not anything big. Um, and we're holding on. To our cash so that when people are starting to walk, yeah, that's when you run. I think that's approaching. So and I think it's I think shortly we're gonna be seeing that and we'll have we'll we'll be we'll be running when other people are walking. That's good because you know that I love the financial stuff and that's a big why for us here is financial freedom. Any other just financial lessons you've learned investing or anything? you know I see a lot of people that like when they did get some success they go out and buy nice cars, nice homes. And it's hard not to keep up with the Joneses. You know, I like keep totally. up with the, the other guys or the other people that are successful. Um, you know, I was just down in Lake Powell. I'm like, man, I want a new houseboat. I yeah. want a houseboat. I've you never had a houseboat. I want a boat. Like these yeah. new boats that they have are yeah. amazing. And I'm like, dude, I want a new boat. I want a new houseboat. I want to do it. But that's kind of what has helped us along the way is not falling into that. Yeah. And, you know, we, we always had nice things because we made good money and we could, could pay for some things, but we were never ones to go out and buy these super nice cars at the time or, you know, like a supercar or, a, yeah. you know, we just haven't done that. I would love to, cause I think we're now at a time that we could do it and yeah. be okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we were always like, and, and even with titles at work and things, we were never ones that have, you know, worry about, Hey, I'm the manager or I'm the, the, the boss or the CEO. We didn't care about tiles. Call me the janitor. I mean, one year we went to the expos and we put on our cards. I'm the janitor. Ride was basketball operations, That's you know, cool. just cause we didn't care about that yeah. stuff. We just cared about, you know, providing and making a good living. And we didn't, we just wanted to make money, you know? 
hundred percent. Yeah. But I think, you know, not falling into those, those pits that can hold somebody down. Um, debt is, is real and it can catch up on you and it's a hard to, to get out of debt, you know? Yeah. What about like, cause we're talking about paying off the home. Maybe that's more on the conservative side. And then talking about some of the nice things like supercars, houseboats, whatever. What about just more like kind of middle ground, just investing young mm. couple buying a duplex or a fourplex or things like that? Yeah. I, that's always smart, right? Like having some different avenues of when we were working for Prosper, we had Robert Allen, you know, he taught yeah. multiple avenues yeah. of income, multiple streams of income, <laughs> multiple streams of income. So yeah. we, we learned from that. Obviously we never had our eggs all in one basket okay. until we actually started focusing on bucked up. Right? Yeah. Before we had other deals, always things on the side, other companies going, they weren't obviously as successful, but we just started to uh, always have real estate. We, we bought homes. Um, we bought different, you know, I bought a condo and paid it off um, back in the day. And I've been renting it out for, you know, like 1500 bucks a month. I could probably get a lot more out of it now. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, we we always just would look at opportunities as they came our way. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. We, we, in one year, Ryan and I invested into about nine different companies to try to have, you know, they pitch us and say, like hey, is this is so good. Angel investors? As, as angel investors, yeah. basically. Okay. You know, we invested in nine separate companies and guess how many actually worked and made us money? Zero. Zero. And Ryan and I, you know, we took it in the shorts that year and we're like, I mean, we were investing big money into these companies, a hundred grand. 200 grand, yeah. 500 grand, not one of them wow. paid back because they don't spend your money like you would spend it. Yeah. But this taught us also invest in ourselves because that's what we felt. And that's was, focus too. Yeah. And, and so we, when we start something, we would put more money into that versus putting money into other people's companies. Um, and it's not that we thought we were smarter. We just treated, I think, money differently. And never got in debt in, in, our, in our company. So we had, you know, some people that wanted to come in to Bucked Up recently. For and what? Like to pitch investing or what? Like our manufacturer saw that we were growing really strong. Yeah. And, and he said, hey, um, why don't I invest into your company? And we're like, well, we don't need money to grow because all of our stuff's paid off. And the reason he liked us is once he would produce our product and deliver it, we would pay him that day, even though he would give us terms. And we're like, no, we, we want to pay you. Terms. So guess who he wanted to produce product for every time? Sure. Because he, he knew he was getting, getting that check fast, right? For sure. Um, so that helped us in the beginning because we knew everything that was in our little facility um, was paid for. Um, and, and we'd write him a check immediately. Well, he said, let me, let me you know, invest into your company. And it's not like we needed capital to grow, but we wanted strategic, strategic yeah. partners, right? Yeah. So we, we brought our manufacturer in because he gives us cheaper costs on manufacturing and we're his priority. He's going to make sure we have product, right? And in today's world with supply chain issues, bottlenecks, like that's a big deal. Supply chain is huge right now. For in sure. fact, creatine uh, a few months ago was a shortage and uh, my manufacturer knew about it. He's now a partner of Bucked Up, right? Wow. And he goes, how much do you want? And we like, how much can we get? We bought 90,000 bottles of creatine. Wow. And put bucked up creatine on it, right? Like, so um, 
when it came mm-hmm. in the very next day, we called GNC and we said, how many do you want? And they said, we want 40,000. We want all of it. And we said, no, we'll sell you 40,000 bottles of creatine. And they bought it. Wow. We called Vitamin Shop. They took 20,000. So in one day, we sold 60,000 bottles of creatine because there was a shortage everywhere. In one day. In one day. And then we put the rest, we put on Amazon. We're now sell- we were selling 1,000 bottles a day because nobody else could get it. So we moved up the ranks really fast and everything else. It was, it's, it's great. And so now we yeah. sell a few hundred, you're know, like three or 400 bottles of creatine every day yeah. on Amazon. And that's crazy. Any so strategic partners and, and sure. you know, I, I think there's, there's good mentors that you look up to too. If, if you're talking about your, your employees and everybody yeah. else, um, you know, find find somebody who's been successful so they can you can bounce things off of. I, I have a few of those guys, and and we bounce things off of them. The good thing about also me and Ryan is we can bounce stuff off each yeah, other it's nice too. Nice to have that. But you know, mentors. Um, one has passed away. He was always mentoring us and telling us, you know, this is this kind of some things. But you know, like like I said, we've been blessed to have good people around us, and and now we just surround ourselves by smarter people. Right. Yeah. Um, you want to you want to have a really good programmer who's super smart. You want to have uh, people. We we took on another strategic partner um, who uh, one of the guys there was the former CEO of Dr. Pepper. Wow. And they know how to get distribution wow. of energy drinks. Right. Absolutely. And build out these these distribution networks. Um, and so we brought them on. Both of those guys came in last year. Mm. So we took a took a little chunk off the table, and it was it was That's worth awesome. it because they've already helped us tremendously. Yeah. What's what's kind of your plans the next five or ten years? So you know, I, I think you know where Bucked Up's heading. Last year we did um, over eighty million dollars uh, wow. in sales last year, uh, and, and we've been blessed to grow. Our our goal this year is to do over one hundred fifty um, in sales, pretty much double, and and we're on track. Wow. Um, to doing it, uh, especially with these like strategic partners that we have with yeah. our manufacturer and this these distribution company that that we took on, and um, yeah, I think in the next two, hopefully two years, we might uh, sell it um, for big money. Okay, um, you know we we're fine if we don't. Um, it's not like we are in a position it. where we need yeah. need money because we everything's you know paid off. Even our inventory totally. and our our building, which we only helps you get a better sell. Right? That's right. They're like you don't these guys it. hate it too. You know when they come to you, <laughs> they're, they're like, trying to "Hey, be, they're trying to negotiate." Yeah. You were like, "No, we don't need to we do don't that." Care. So it's it, I I think that helps with everything, right? Don't get into debt and and try to stay you know, having avenues of income coming in where you don't have to rely on any one person or any one thing. Yeah. I think, you know, it sets it up and they, of course, all these investors and people, they hate it, but they have to pay the price at that point to, to be involved with you. It's, so it's trying to date the girl that doesn't need you or want you. 100%. Right? That's, that's a great the analogy. That you want. <laughs> Nobody wants to date that girl. that's like so available. Oh yeah. It's coming after you. Play hard to get. Yeah. And it's, you just get bigger. But it's not bigger. a game this time. It's, it's legit. And you know, you genuinely don't need it. And I don't know why people like bucked up. Um, I think they saw us as a smaller company and that we're homegrown and we're just down to earth guys that, that want to do it. Um, 
but we have loyal people. You know, people take our product and they just stick with us. And we that's cool. We love it's the support sticky. and and appreciate everybody just how loyal people are. And yeah. and these companies ask us, why do you have all these these loyal followers because they'll go into vitamin shop and they'll say, do you have bucked up? And if they don't have it, they just turn out and, wow. and they don't buy any other products. Wow. And uh, vitamin shops like, I don't know how you guys do this. And we're like, we don't either, but we love our, our supporters and our, our customers. Man. That's the biggest compliment you could ever have as a business owner, right? Is, oh yeah. Is hearing stuff like that. And so we're number one in GNC, number one in vitamin shop and wow. the mom and pop shops. We even give a guarantee if they don't sell our product, we'll buy it back. Wow. Within 30 days. And so they're big fans. They love us. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And, you know, we always, you know, we kind of drive a little hard, hardball too. We're like, you need to pay for the product before we ship it. Mm. Where most companies will give them terms. Sure. And but we now just. You have favorable terms. Yeah. We just don't want to get stuck yeah. with, you know, we've, in the affiliate world, we, we got stuck too many times with, yeah. with people those who are, didn't pay their the bills. Those are the scars that you learn so, from, right? Yeah. They're worth a lot of money down the line. What do you see happening to you in your life post bucked up, like post sell? I would like to golf a little more. No, okay. <laughs> I think I'll go out and look for um, service opportunities, like cool. maybe a mission yeah. or maybe That's just awesome. a uh, going and help helping. Uh, my aunt has a big organization that we just sponsored uh, on Monday. It was a, it's for leprosy, actually. Wow, you would think there's. No more leprosy in this that. world, yeah. right? Like, that's like in Jesus' time. But it's still a thing. But it's still a thing, and it can easily be solved. It's called uh, Rising Star, and and they they really have opened a lot of people's eyes that leprosy is still around. But I would like to just go do service things, um, yeah. help help others, and give back, uh, obviously, and um, focus on on service. Yeah, that's really that. cool. Any other lessons that we we can close on this? Because, I mean, just hearing your story, like we spoke about, hard work, right place, right time, and that happens when you work hard and put all that in. Also sounds like the micro-influencers and the partners were a big part yeah. of your journey. Definitely. And you and your brother's relationship sounds like a big part too. Any Anything that we missed that you can look back and say, like if you're trying to teach your kids, here here's the ingredients to doing it well. Yeah, I... You know, I would I would say you know your character, um, just stay true to to what you know. Um, yeah. We've been raised good in Utah. Obviously, yeah. we have some some good you know kind of like life lessons. It doesn't even have to be church related. It, it, sure. You know, it, it just when you when you do good things, good things happen. But if you work smart, work hard. Um, I think you're gonna you're gonna see it come back to you, and you give, you get back. You know. Yeah. Get back more than you give. Absolutely. But you have to give first. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part. <laughs> that's the hard part, right? But, you know, we, we've been super blessed, so we're, we're happy to give back and help where we can. And um, and I think people feel that. Like, even with, with people who aren't in the state of Utah or, or other places, they think of Bucked Up as a good company. We don't have a lot, you know, any bad raps, bad names, different things happening there. And we just take it step at a time. We try to be, I, I think innovation is is a big one that maybe we need to hit on is just yeah. kind of figure out your niche. Um, everybody's different, um, but figure out a niche that you can go into and, and just focus on it. And if it takes off, put more gasoline on that fire. Yeah. 
Did you guys try a bunch of different products before Bucked Up that didn't work out? Not really. This was kind of the first no, one. No, because we were internet guys, right? Yeah. And, and we didn't, we weren't big gym guys. Yeah. Um, now we have to work out just so that people say, do you, do you take your own product? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it still looks like I may not, but, no, you're but, but we, we tried to, you know, we didn't do any products, but we used everything along the way as stepping stones. Prosper, um, it was a stepping stone to get us to that next piece. Um, and then our, our own, you know, businesses and don't buy and no domain names, but everything it's, it's funny how it works and you can't force it. You know, you can't force things, let it happen. Yeah. Um, but again, positive and, and it will come to you. It, it will, it'll happen. Cool. Jeff, thanks for coming on today. It was awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Man. <laughs>